<laughs> is that not like a kind of oh, power yeah. trip thing? Make sure you don't slide into the camera, the uh, okay. tripod. So what? Well, you just or maybe if we had some nice equipment. Wow. Okay. Well, Ooh, start man, paying for Gina. stuff. <laughs> start paying me. <laughs> yeah. Start paying me. Yo, wow. yo, you guys owe me like a month rent, by the way. Yeah, that is not going to happen. <laughs> and with that, welcome it, to the washdown. Give me a discount price. <laughs> I'm your host, Jeremy Green, my co-host, Chris Nelson. Um, off camera, we have our producer, James Moran, and joining us today is Darren Niemeyer. Darren, welcome. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Glad yeah. to be here. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, appreciate Absolutely. it. So we kind of talked a little bit before, um, you know, you've been on how long? The fire 23. Department? 23 years on the fire department. Yep. You've been a captain for? Uh, eight. Eight years? Yeah. Drove yep. for 10 years. Okay. So... Yeah. And you got some dog stuff going on now. Yeah, yeah, I do uh, have a search and rescue dog, a certified cadaver dog. So we travel all over the country um, doing work with different agencies doing that. So right. keeps me super busy. Cool. Yeah. Sounds like it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I have so many questions about the cadaver dog thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious. <laughs> well, let, let's, uh, let's start at the beginning yes. then. Okay. What made you want to get on the fire department? Well, I actually started uh, with a small volunteer department as an explorer when I was 14, which was like two years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah. We're all mentally still yeah, right there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I started there as an explorer, um, got hooked right away. I had a cousin that was a fireman, used to hang out with him, you know, at his station. Um, so that got me started. Then when I turned 18, became a uh, volunteer or paid part-time because we got paid for a call kind of thing. Uh, when I turned 21, I got on at another, um, the second biggest department in our area. Um, worked out there for three years. Great department, great guys. Um, I just knew there was a, and one of the chiefs out there actually came from our department. And he told me, man, if you get a chance, it's you know, better retirement, better opportunity for promotion, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I had a great time out there, worked with some great guys, busy station. Actually, my last shift out there, we had like three workers. And then I got on our department and went to like one of the slowest stations oh, ever. Yeah. I was like, this is a horrible move. Yeah. But uh, while I was out there, I had a great experience, learned a lot. Um, actually, that was kind of one of my first big uh, fire department events. Um, I pulled a couple of girls out of a fire out there by myself. Um, one of them barely made it. Um, since then, she's um, had a child that she gave her child, my middle, or gave her child's middle name is my name. So, uh, so that was kind of cool. I'd get to meet him because of all the COVID stuff, but hopefully soon. Um, but that was a, like a huge eye opener for me in the fire service and what, what can happen. I mean, cause it just stuck with my, you know, hearing them girls scream as I was trying to get to them is something I that stuck with me forever. Um, I remember, I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I can remember the date, the address, you know, all that stuff to that deal. Yeah. Um, so we, right after that happened, I got hired on our department. Um, like I said, went to the slowest station ever and, uh, <laughs> is that station still around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is it's that one of the slower one that's gone now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On. Yeah. Not that, not that one. The next slowest one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On the, on the North end of town. Oh, okay. Uh, gotcha. So, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I was there for three years before I could work my way in town, but, uh, um, became a driver. I've had five years on. I uh, drove a ladder truck for 10 years, became a captain, was captain on the same truck for a while before I got where I'm at now. But So through that amount of time, um, got married when I was at the first department. Um, Idiot. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, we had a child, um, then she passed away 14 years ago. She was two and a half. So that event, up until that event, the, you know, the deal with the girls was kind of like the, a big life changer for me. Then that event happened. Um, she was two and a half. And so that just totally rocked my world. And, you know, and my, my wife, my ex-wife. Um, I couldn't even imagine that. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it's it was such an unreal experience. Um, totally unexpected. I mean, she had she had a heart condition, but it wasn't anything that we expected to have any major issues with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think she threw a blood clot. That morning, it was cold out like this. Um, I got up, uh, went in there to tell her bye before I went to work. She was sleeping in her in her bed, and she was kind of snoring, which wasn't overly strange for her, but something didn't feel quite right, but she was kind of moved around a little stuff. I'm like, okay, we're good. Um, my ex-wife, she was getting ready for work and stuff too. She's a nurse. And, uh, so went to the, went on to the station and, uh, we're sitting there around the table in the morning and I hear a call come in. I did, address didn't even register in my brain. I heard a call come in for a, uh, non-breather. And I was like, and it, it hit me, what hit me, well, I was just like, cause it was icy and snowy out and stuff. And I'm like, man, what a crappy day to have to deal with that, you know? And then I heard him say fire department member or something like that. And they added a chief to the call. I'm like, man, that's really weird. And then when they repeated it, then I caught my address and I knew the only people there was my wife, and my daughter. And I'm like, what is happening? And so I holler at my captain and I'm like, that's my house. And he's like, let's go. And he's, he goes, and I was a driver at the time. And he goes, you're not driving though. So we jumped on the rig and just made a flying trip up there. My wife called in the meantime. And when she went in to wake her up, um, she started having seizures and stuff. So ambulance gets there, go to the hospital. Um, and I'm going to, they transferred her to the children's hospital downtown. We're there for nine days. Uh, then we had to make the decision. She had like very little brain activity. They think she had a blood clot that went to her brain and um, cause a bunch of damage. So we had to make the decision what to do. She could either live on, you know, life support for who knows how long, um, or we could, you know, let her go. So that's what we did. So um, so I held her as she passed, um, which to me, you know, I, I got to be the first one to hold her when she was born and the last one to hold her, you know, as she passed. So for me, I kind of bookended her life, but um, she was an amazing kid. She That kid taught me so much for, you know, a two and a half year old about life in general, you know? So of course we were super tight at, I was lucky enough at that time to not have to work a second job for the department and, you know, being on the department, how everybody's got a second job. Mm -hmm. I'd worked so much before I was able to save up, you know? And so for her lifespan, I didn't have to work extra. So me and her were super tight. Um, so that was, like I said, a huge event. Um, was off work for a while. The, when she went in the, the day she went in the hospital, we were at the hospital for nine days. The day she went in, by the end of that day, the guys at my station had my shifts covered for a month. You know, everybody was calling, put me down, put me down. I mean, just um, also, which I knew, you know, how the fire department family was. And, but that just really drove it home to me. And, uh, of course, my, my family, they couldn't believe it. You know, my dad's, you know, worked, been a truck driver and works Teamsters kind of stuff. And he was like, I cannot believe those guys would do that for nothing. It's like, well, that's, that's what we do, you know? Yeah. So I was off work for a month and then I got to the point, I'm like, I have got to go back to work. So went back to work, tried to get back in your groove, get back on my feet. Um, actually me and my ex-wife at the time, we did really well for, for a long time. 
dealing with the grief, you know, grieving the same way. And, and we knew when we'd have ups and downs, we did really well with it. Um, so then fast forward about two years. Well, in that, in that time, that two years, my ex had to have open heart surgery, um, which we, we dealt with, you know, and, and after dealing with losing our daughter, that was like, okay, we'll just yeah. deal with this and get on down the road. Yeah. It doesn't seem like such a big deal. After, right. Yeah. 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 And that's been hard for me to deal with when I hear, you know, guys on the job or just people in general complain about something they're, you know, whatever happened, their car won't start or they got in a wreck or whatever. I'm like, really? That's, 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 yeah. that's your thing. That's the biggest. And yeah. I just have to tell myself they've never experienced this. So yeah. for them, that's their moment. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, um, everybody experiences everything differently and everybody has different life experiences right. yeah. and whenever you haven't experienced something like that, then yeah, it's the mundane stuff is like, yeah. Oh my God, it's so terrible. Right. But whenever you go through something like that, it definitely, yeah. I mean, it had to have altered your perception. Of, oh, absolutely. Of, of, it it, it took me a while to, to grasp that, to really see that. And now, now I'm, I get it. Now I'm like, okay, that, that person, you know, their, their grandparent died, which still tragic. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a different level, you yeah. know, and, or whatever happens. And I'm like, okay, for them, that's their moment right now. That's, that's their most tragic thing. Yeah. Um, so it took me a while to, to wrap my head around that because I'd be like, you don't even know what that, you know, what pain is or grief is, you know, but anyway, um, so wife has open heart surgery. Another year or so after that is when I got into the dog stuff. Um, always been a dog person I, and I needed an outlet I needed something to do to not to take the place of, but to keep me busy, to keep my mind busy from, um, you know, lose my daughter, just dealing with everyday fire department life that you guys have all been through, just the, the normal stuff that you need an outlet. Um, my brother's in the homicide unit um, in our city, and I'd heard him talk about using cadaver dogs. And I'm like, man, that sounds really cool. So he put me in touch with the people, um, got started doing that. And that was a, this was, that would have been 12 years ago, about 12 years ago. I um, started with my first dog. And I was just getting going to that maybe as maybe six months into it. And I'd start, I was having all these stomach issues. I like, like my stomach was rumbly all the time. Uh, me and the ex thought, well, it's probably like a bleeding ulcer type thing or cook shack type, <laughs> type situation. You know how that goes, right? Yeah. It depends on who's cooking. For right. You. So, so I kind of put it off for a while. She was fine. Like, okay, you got to go get checked out. Like, all right. So go to the doctor, do the whole colonoscopy thing, which the prep's horrible. The nap is fantastic. <laughs> And I like watching I, people come out of it, though. That's fun. Yeah. Like my dad has one. I have to go. Oh, I've had up. so many of them now. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm like, I always look forward to the nap. I'm like, oh, I get a good nap at least. I finally get 15 <laughs> minutes of good sleep. Um, yeah. So as I'm waking up from that, I was still kind of groggy in that waking up phase. And the doctor comes in. He's like, yep, it's cancer. And I'm, I'm like, all groggy, kind of one eye open, like, look at my wife at the time. I'm like, did he, what did he say? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's cancer. I'm like, oh. So here we go, you know, another thing. And to be honest, once it kind of set in, I was like, it is what it is, you know? And so was it stomach or was it colon? Colon. It was, it was colon. colon. And uh, so they ended up, I had surgery. It took 15 inches of my colon out. Um, had chemo for six months. Um, now, actually, I'm, I'm good. Everything's good. But uh, through that time, I wasn't scared of it. You know, I, I think, and I think it was because of losing my daughter. I was like, I actually as bad as it sounds, I didn't care if I made it or not. I'm like, 
you know, I wasn't afraid of dying. You know, it's like, I don't know what's on, if there's anything on the other side or not. I don't know how all that works, but if there's a chance, I don't care if I die or not. And and how, how old uh, were you at that time? Or uh, I was 35. So it's been a little. Yeah. It's been uh, 12 years now. 12 years. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't think you were quite 50 yet, but I was like, no, earlier mid forties. I didn't want to <laughs> <laughs> upper middle. Yeah. <laughs> you're, at the, so, you're at the good plane. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so went through that. Um, and actually, you know, halfway through the chemo stuff, I was like beat down. I was, I was done. I told my ex, I'm like, I'm not, I'm done with this. Whatever happens, happens. I'm not going back to chemo. I'm tired of feeling this way. And she was like, no, you're still going. I was so tired and where I didn't have, I, couldn't even argue. I'm like, all right, I'm going, whatever. <laughs> I can't even argue with you right now. <laughs> so luckily, uh, she pushed me to go back. I went back, finished my chemo, kind of got back on my feet. And the whole time through that, I still kept messing with my dog, still kept active, trying to work out the best I could just to keep busy. Um, so that's done. Back on my feet from that. Everything's good. Wife had to have a second open heart surgery. Yay. Um, so, yeah. So, so, not not to interrupt your story, but did you guys go to counseling or therapy or anything at all during all this stuff? Because so, I mean, yeah, this so, is a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. Yeah. So it seemed like we were on like a two year. It was like every two years something major was happening. So and yeah. So we ended up um, after losing our daughter, we got involved with an organization called the Compassionate Friends. Amazing organization. If you ever hear of anybody that loses a child. Um, amazing organization and it's all people who've lost children and it's basically like a I don't know if you really call it group therapy but so you go to these the groups and you kind of just tell your story and talk about it and you get a chance to talk about your kids and show stuff and everything and they have we actually ended up becoming the the leaders of the local chapter for a little while and uh it was it did a lot for me too um so that was all about you know our kids stuff and you know me and her of course had a few issues here and there and went to, to counseling for me and her um, and it was, it was okay, but it was hard to find somebody that really understood, mm -hmm. you know, you could, you, if you go to a grief counselor, that's, you know, lost other family members and stuff is one thing, but to find one that lost a child is, it was just tough. We found it better to, to talk to people that have gone through it. Right. And that's where the compassionate friends really helped us a ton. Um, so we did that and we stayed involved in that for a long time up, up till the time we got divorced, which was about two years ago. Uh, we stayed pretty involved in that. Um, so let's see, um, cancer's done. Second open heart surgery for my ex is done. Um, kind of get back in our groove again. I'm still doing the dog thing and it's really taken off. I mean, I'm super, you know, getting super involved in it, really getting, I mean, it's really, I'm getting really passionate about it by this point. Um, the dog I was working at the time, which, um, I didn't really get into the dog stuff yet, but they're the organization I'm involved with has um, live find dogs, um, cadaver dogs, tracking, trailing dogs, that kind of stuff. And I was doing the cadaver stuff. Um, the dog I was working at the time, pretty good dog, but didn't have tons of drive to really do the job great. I mean, she had like seven recoveries in the, the time that I worked her. But so I kind of started kicking around the idea of getting another dog, something a little more drivey, something a little more of a workhorse. So this guy that I didn't really, I didn't know him at the time, but I'd read some of his books and named Mike Ritland, amazing guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a yeah, former Navy SEAL. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. got a, he's got an awesome podcast too. Yeah. Uh, actually I was listening to his latest episode on the way here. Um, but he has, 
he trains personal protection dogs, uh, military dogs, police dogs. I mean, he's got a wide range of, of stuff. And he's he kind of that stocky guy, real muscular. Yeah. On the, I think I've seen some of his videos. Yeah. Calling yeah. the dog out of the, out of the truck and stuff. Yeah. Was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure that's the same guy I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. He's super okay. good dude. So. Yeah. Uh, he's written a couple books about you know, dog stuff. One is like the Canine Trident Warrior, Team Dogs. So I'd read all those books, and and uh, I was following him on social media, and he posted a thing where he had a couple of dogs he wanted to donate to give back to the community. So he had these two dogs he wanted to donate to somebody that would work them. Um, so he said, send me an email, who you are, what you do, tell me your story, why you want this dog, um, and I'll pick out out of those who I want. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. you know. So I tell my wife at the time, I'm like, hey, I'm going to – email this guy bugging this dog she's like yeah go ahead it's like not nah, he's gonna pick you and i'm like i know he's not gonna pick me but but i'm gonna send right. it anyway right hey you so, know the best way not to succeed don't try right <laughs> so uh so then i'm thinking you know he's gonna pick you know a small police department or something to send this dog do something like that a couple of weeks later i get an email hey we picked you for this dog and i was like i guess i'm getting another dog you know and it got got really real so get to go down there meet him meet the dog super cool dude amazing dog uh, so I brought her back. Uh, her name's Storm. Uh, she was Bel- she's a Belgian Malinois. Just amazing dog. So I get back, start working her. Then my dog stuff really takes off. I mean, it's like I'm doing stuff with like federal agencies. They're shipping me around the country to do stuff. Um, I've, since then, I'm working on starting my own dog business. Um, I've been teaching a lot of seminars um, for search and rescue seminars, that kind of stuff. Starting to kind of dabble in the in the pet dog stuff a little bit more. So that's been like the most amazing outlet for me through all the stuff I've been through. Um, but in that amount of time, uh, when we lost John and Larry, um, I was at that fire that night. That hit me pretty hard. Knew both of those guys. Uh, went to the academy with, uh, with Larry, ran around with him, did some dumb stuff for a little while. Um, <laughs> that seems like that's a common theme with him. Yeah. Did some dumb stuff. It was one of the se- second or third things everybody says about him. <laughs> right. G- great dude, though, man. <laughs> he I mean, was. It, it, and I always tell people, those two guys are the epitome of firemen. You have one just wild child, go hard, you know, just crazy. And the other more family man, you know, not that, not that Larry wasn't, but I mean, like, you know, having the kids and doing the, mm-hmm. the dad stuff. I mean, just the, the crazy and the calm. He, it's like one of those guys was each. Um, but I knew both of them, worked with both of them a bunch. So, and I was there that night. Um, so that hit me pretty hard too. You know, I was super nervous after that. You know, like well that night even when we finally got relief, got back to the station, they sent us on automatic alarm. I'm like, we can't go on an automatic alarm right now. We just lost two guys. How can we you know, with that really kicked it in that hey, the rest of the world's still going and they still need us, you know? Yeah. Um super crazy time. I mean, I think you guys were all on, didn't weren't you? Yeah. 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 yeah, I was sitting at the station up north and yeah, heard it all. Yeah, I was I was off. I was working at the station in uh, Westport okay. area at the time. I was, but I'd gotten the text of who it was and yeah, kind of. Well, when it happened, so we, so we'd gone in. We, I was in. We went, went around back and went in, and they were called the basement, but it was actually down to the first floor from the front. And just got in there. We got we were pretty deep in there, and I knew I was like, this is not a good situation. So I told the firefighter, "Listen to your radio. We're not going to be in there long. They're probably going to pull us out." And sure enough, they pull us out so we come out and i talked to the chief i'm like hey we're gonna go set up and he's like that's fine and uh so i went around the building and we just got our basket up yeah uh, when the collapse happened and i couldn't 
see over there. So I didn't, didn't even know guys were, were there in that alley. And uh, then I hear Mayday, Mayday. And I'm like, that's kind of kind of weird. And see guys running around. But, you know, we're up above it. You can't really see who who's who. Yeah. Then I hear them come on and say they're transporting two firefighters CPR in progress. And I'm like, I think they probably meant we're, we're transporting with two firefighters, like 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 a civilian. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what that's why my brain took that. Um, that's what you're what you're used to hearing on the radio when you run those calls. Right. And stuff. Yeah. Like we have like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that that so that's what my brain's hearing. And then it didn't take long to figure out. No, that's not you didn't hear that correctly or you heard it correctly. You didn't process it correctly. Um, and it, it was probably an hour into it because we just because then we started fly piping people running around. It was probably an hour into it before I heard who it was. And uh, so I immediately tell my guys, I'm like, hey, my cell phone's on the rig. Everybody call your family. Tell them you're okay. Something bad happened because the word's going to get out. And phone calls are going to get made. And I want your families to know you're okay. Yeah. And uh, so we all did that. Um, I called my wife at the time, told her, you know, what was going on. I said, it's bad. I don't know how bad. I'm okay. My guys are okay. And she said she hung up the phone and probably 20 seconds later, her phone started blowing up with phone calls because people, you know, family members mm-hmm. knew I was working and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, that, um, you guys know how that whole, whole deal went afterwards, the recovery guys in the department, you know, just, um, I remember the first regular alarm I ran after that the whole way there. I was just like, Oh, I, we gotta, okay. We gotta do this focus. We gotta do this. It's gonna be okay. Um, I recovered from that pretty quick though. And now, you know, I still think about it. Um, and think about those guys all the time, but uh, recovered pretty good from that. Um, then it was about a year later, we were at another fire and uh, fly piping me and one of the firefighters with me. We were, we were throwing water on the lower portion, it was a church, um, throwing water on the lower portion, and there was like a four story portion next to us that the fire hadn't got into yet. Um, there was smoke coming out of it, no fire really, so we're like, oh, it's pretty well contained here. And the chiefs were like, yeah, you're good. And then all of a sudden, condition changed real fast. I'm like, hmm. And I had my face piece on. The firefighter with me knelt down in the basket to put his face piece on, and boom. And we found later it was a gas explosion in that top part, and it blew. I thought we were either going in or over. And uh, I was like, well, we're cashing it in. This is it. You know, I mean, it got the dust from the bricks, and it just went crazy. So I just grabbed a lever, swing the basket out of the way. And then once things calmed down, I'm like, all right, we're good. We're good here. And the firefighter, he's looking up at me, and his eyes were <laughs> changing around, you know. He, he wears like, brown pants that day. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> what just happened? And so he stands up. I swing the stick back over and get water back where it's supposed to go. And he's, I said, I think we're good. And he goes, I'm not. I'm going down. I was like, all right, no worries. Well, and as soon as it cleared off, I looked for my guys, and we had bricks up against the side of the rig. And I'm like, oh, God, where's, where's Sal at? And uh, I'm like, okay, he's behind the rig. Okay, where's Matt? Matt's back there, too. Okay, we're good. And so then I'm thinking, all right, we're good. David's like, I'm not. I'm going down. I'm like, well, I should probably go down, make sure the rig's good, everything's going to work fine. So we head down. He's kicking bricks and cinder blocks and sheetrock off the ladder on our way down. And as soon as my feet hit the ground, it's like I had no bones in my legs. I was just jello. It's like it all hit like, okay, that just happened. Yeah, that adrenaline dump. Yep, yeah. And as soon as I hit the ground and looked back at what happened and seen that the, there was two chiefs there, and uh, the guy, they just kind of grabbed us and hugged us like, God, I thought we really lose a couple more, you know. And, how how uh, high up were you guys in the state? Uh, we were probably, well, the part we were fly piping was two stories, so we were right above that. So, I don't know, maybe 40 feet-ish, yeah. maybe a little bit higher. 
somewhere around in that range. Um, I know that that uh, there was another truck that actually had set up up on the highway, and uh, I was talking to their captain. Actually, this was not long ago. I was talking to him, and he was like, "Yeah, when that when that happened, we heard a boom." And he said, "I seen something flying through the air towards us." I was like, man, what is that? He said, as it went past, he said, I know it was a uh, air conditioning unit off the roof of the building. Oh, we went past wow. this out onto the highway. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, yep, yeah, it was really loud right where we were at. And uh, so anyway, we ended up, you know, burning that whole building down after that. But the chief of the department at the time, he showed up. He, he came out and gave us all a hug, too. And he was like, man, when I heard this was going on, he's like, I was ready to turn my gear in. And he said, I was, if we lost two more guys, I was done. But uh, so that rattled me for a while. Um, that affected me, I shouldn't say more than John and Larry, but it just kind of compounded on top of that, that, you know, this is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, uh, I went and seen counsel, you know, went to a council after that for a little while. And, uh, well, actually it started out as marriage counseling and it took them about 0.2 seconds to figure out, you got a lot of stuff going on in your yeah. head. We need to <laughs> just, how about we just do you guys separately for a while? Yeah. And, uh, so that was good. And, uh, really kind of got me kind of back on my feet and and going again for the umpteenth time. Um, but now, man, I'm doing good now. I, I mean, yeah, I ended up getting divorced. Um, sucks, but it was one of the things we just, we kind of got to that point with everything we dealt with. Um, and we were both like recovering, you could say, differently. Mm-hmm. And I had the dogs I was passionate about. That was my outlet, probably almost to a fault. Um, but that was my thing. And if, if I wouldn't have had that, I don't know where I'd be. Um, and she was at a point where she didn't really have anything. She was just in a funk, just couldn't, you know, so we just kind of grew apart, you know, no hard feelings. I mean, yeah, divorce is, is horrible and you know, whatever. She was a great mom to my daughter. Um, she was, you know, good to me through my cancer stuff. So I, I mean, I can't say anything bad about her for sure, but, uh, we just kind of grew apart and, uh, got divorced. So, um, now the, my current girlfriend, you know, we've been seeing each other for coming up on a year. She's been through some tragic stuff herself, super supportive, loves the dog stuff too. Uh, so everything's good now. I'm kind of, kind of back, back rolling again. So, um, love to help guys out when I see somebody, you know, cause I've, I've, I've been through so much stuff. I feel like I have a working knowledge of, you know, how to deal with some stuff. So, um, right. So, yeah, so yeah. that's, well, and that, other that's, than that, Miss Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> I think I need a five-minute break. To be honest. Uh, <laughs> that was that the first part of the story almost got me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good thing I'm off camera. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, but that's the thing, and we kind of talked about that a little bit um, whenever we talked to some other people, Bart in particular, that it's not about how many times you know that stuff happens to you or get knocked down. Right. It's how many times that you get up and you just keep yep. going because yep. recovery is one of those things where you can stay in your little bubble and just be comfortable and sad and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. You have to get up and make yourself uncomfortable and stretch out and move and yep. put that one foot forward every day. Yeah. And it's just, it's a constant process. Yeah. And that's where, like with me and my ex, that's where she was still in that, which it sucks. And I, and I hope, and I think she is doing a little better now, but I hope she can, pull herself out of that but that's where she was at and I was at the part I'm like I got to do something I got to get going I got to I can't just do this anymore if it's giving back you know because I feel like the dog stuff doing the cadaver work I'm you know I'm helping families out giving back and helping with that closure per se um you know so I feel like I'm doing something 
somewhat to honor my daughter, but just something for me too. And, uh, but yeah, you got, if you, if you stay in that, I mean, like I said, if, if I would have not got into the dog stuff and got myself, you know, I got a motorcycle and I don't ride it that much now, but I was riding all the time, just something in outlet. Yeah. Then that's when you can turn, you know, turn it into the dark stuff. And I've been in some dark places. Don't get me wrong. Some super dark places. And I never really got into drinking heavy. Um, I know a lot of guys do. I, d- I did some a little bit here and there. Didn't take me long to figure out that as soon as I sober up, it's all still there. So yeah, that's not helping. <laughs> some of us learn slower than others when right? it comes to alcohol. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. whatever. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I still like a little Crown Royal on a pretty regular basis, but yeah. uh, but not not heavy, you know. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of guys do, and and which I, I get it. I understand why they do. You know, I've been there. Um, but yeah. Well, and, and it comes back to having a healthy outlet. Yeah. You know, and we've talked yeah. about that of, you know, yep. you, you can pick and choose what you want to do yeah. on the side. Yep. You know, it, it, you want to drink a lot or do whatever. Well, guess what? You play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. Yep. Because Absolutely. everybody knows where that, lo- that road eventually leads. Right. If you take something and do it in a healthy way, you know, get into the dog thing or yep. whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah, and I had, you know, I, there was, I tried different outlets because I knew I needed something. I mean, I got it. I was, you know, we, we bought four-wheelers. I was in a four-wheelers for a while. Or I bought a side-by-side, bought a four-wheeler, and selling those. Got a Jeep, the Jeep money pit. Yeah. <laughs> Still love it. Drove yeah. here today with all yeah. the other Jeeps out there. <laughs> um, you know, I, I motorcycle. Um, you know, I still have a motorcycle, still have my Jeep, do the dog stuff. So now I got, I'm like, well, man, what do I want to do? Yeah. You know? Um, which is great because it's it just, like I said, it's that outlet. And, and I think about all those things that have gone in my life every day. And I think about my daughter all the time. Yeah. I also really think she'd be proud of me where I'm at and doing the things I'm doing. Um, the cancer stuff, you know, it's, I mean, and it, that's been a weird thing too because I know there's several guys on the job that have had cancer and beat it and stuff. And they're like, I'm a cancer survivor and, and I, should, I feel like I should be more that way. But I'm like, no, I, it's, it was what it was. It was a bump in the road, you know. Yeah. Um, but then I get, got to think about that whole, that's their major event in their yeah, life. You right. know? So that is huge. That, that perspective definitely changes. When oh, you, absolutely. You lose that. Yeah, lose absolutely. a child, unfortunately. And Darren, yeah. take, take me into your mindset. Something I find kind of interesting is working as a firefighter, you're constantly around guys, the, mm-hmm. com- the camaraderie. Yep. You know, um, in healing with the death of your daughter, you talked about the organization. and It was, again, a group setting. You're constantly talking with other right. people. Um, but knowing you, t- you know, two of the outlets you've, now chosen are almost individual like uh activities you know uh-huh. it's it's you and and the dog it's right you and the jeep what peace what comfort have you found in the solidarity of some of these activities you've learned to help heal you know it's uh so like the dog stuff i mean it's i think it's it is me but i, I get the most enjoyment of the dog stuff now I mean, I enjoy working my own dog, don't get me wrong, but I really enjoy the teaching aspect and seeing somebody learn something and, and get better at it and see their dog get better. Um, but I think it's just that it's that interaction that um, for a little bit, it kind of takes me away from everything else because um, I have to focus so much on what she's doing and, you know, any movement she makes that if I'm training her, like, okay, she, she turned the way I wanted, so I need to mark that and reward it. So it, it's just a total escape from anything. I'm not thinking about all other, other stuff at the time. Um, same with, I mean, you've been Jeep and you get out on the trail and you're focusing on the, you know, the line you're taking and that kind of stuff. It just kind of takes you away from thinking about all that other stuff. 
Um, so I think for me, that's a, the big thing. It puts it you just, in the now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just really focuses your energy on the now and yeah. what's going on right in front of you and, and not all the, the big picture, everything that's built up to that, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, the, the guys have been great. Like when I had cancer, it was the same thing. They had my shifts covered. I mean, I owe so many guys in this job time from covering <laughs> shifts when my daughter passed to the cancer stuff. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, hard it is to cover somebody's shift anymore because so many guys sign up before yeah. you get oh, a chance. Absolutely. Or if, you're, you're, if it's on your shift, you're trying to figure out your, your yeah. end day. I mean, everyone is taken. You're just like, I got, I got nothing, man. Yeah, you, <laughs> you I don't, you're like, out. I want to help, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, then you feel like a load because yeah. you can't help. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to ask you a question. So going through everything that you've been through, and then now doing, you know, what you're doing. How has that or has it shifted your perspective whenever you are on calls? Oh, it's 100% shifted. It shifted. It mainly shifted after I lost my daughter. So, I mean, you know how it is when you run anything with the death, uh, either a, a code or, a, you know, a car wreck or whatever. You mm-hmm. see that devastation. You know, it used to always be um, you come back to the station, you finish your meal, you go about your day, you're playing ping pong, whatever. I mean, you may think about it a little bit, but it's not like, doesn't impact you as much at the time. Right. So now, how that changed is now when I get back to the station, I'm like, well, it's been 30 minutes, so families are starting to get notified. So now everybody's world's changing, you know. So now they're, everybody's scrambling to get a hold of their family. Now they're going to head to the funeral home, and tomorrow they're going to be picking out caskets, you know. And it, and I don't know if that's healthy or not, but that's that's just where my mindset is now when I run those. Instead mm-hmm. of, hey, we're back, let's finish dinner, we'll, we'll play ping pong. It, I go to that. that, And it doesn't bother me like it did. At, at first, it used to really bother me that I thought that. Now it's just, I mm-hmm. still think those things, but it's just, it's just part of my natural thought process. Yeah. Um, How long does it take you to kind of resolve that? And Now, probably only, it's probably only a few hours. I mean, I used to dwell on it. I would dwell on it for a day or so. Um, but now I kind of, it's like the process happens quicker, even yeah. stuff like, uh, I can get back to the positive things faster. Uh, same with my daughter. I used to get stuck in this, you know, all the bad stuff, you know, when she was at the hospital and holding her and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But now I, when I get to that point, I can quickly come out of it thinking about fun things we did and things she liked and that kind of stuff. Um, but it took a while. I mean, it's, you know, they always say there's, you know, the seven stages of grief. Um, which I don't care who you are, any fireman that's been very busy at all goes through that process through different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at it more of like the tornado of grief because that, that's those steps there. They have them in order. If you look at any, any book about grief, they're all, those steps are in order. First you do this and you do this and you do this, which is, is true to a point. But at any point you go back to one of those, yeah. You know, one of those steps and you stay in it for a while. So I look at it more like a tornado that you're whipping around in. You may stay in the anger phase for a short period of time, then pop up to, you know, the denial phase. So it, it's more of just, it's that. But yeah. now when I get into any of those steps, I can pretty quickly pull myself out to a happy place. That is a fantastic so. analogy. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I, I really agree with that more than those bo- yeah. books. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's, yeah. and the way I came up with that, I was actually going to get my uh, fire instructor one. And I had to do a presentation for the class. 
like, I was like, I don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> like, right? And they're like, just pick any subject. I'm like, that's kind of a wide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not helping me at all. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, I am an expert at grief. So let me see, you know, so I started kind of jotting down and thinking. And I was like, because that was my first thing. I was like, I'll go through the steps of grief. And I'm like, that's not how this worked for me at all. Yeah. You know, it's like. But you mean the human emotion isn't a linear thing? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, okay, I'm done with this step. I'm ready to go to the next one. Well, it, it just doesn't work that way. And maybe some people do, but I don't, I don't think it, I just don't think that's how it works. I, I think most people are like you with a tornado because you're going to have your good days. You're going to have your bad days. Right. And you're, yeah. you know, I think you always go back yeah. to that. I mean, it's hard well, to, it a death. Go ahead. Uh, no, go. I was, yeah. No, so we're I mean, talking it, over each yeah. other. So it's fine. So I mean, a death, a death is hard anyway in your family, but yeah. when it's your child, I've, from what I understand, it's hard. I I can't yeah. speak on how hard it is, but yeah. we're not supposed to bury your kids, right? Yeah. I mean, I work. My my son's almost nineteen. I was still worried about it every oh, day. Absolutely. You know, he's doing HVAC and new construction. And yeah. Cool. Now you're putting like I'm look the way I look at it now. You've been in the houses. Construction today sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, they can fall like at any moment. <laughs> you know. So now yeah. I'm worried about it. He, he's doing. Yeah. He's done some big HVACs and stuff. And I, yeah. I still think about it. I might get that phone call too. I know it's not the same as what you went through. It's, it's the, and, and I've learned that too, that anybody that loses a child, it's different for each person. You know, me and my, it was different for me as it was for my wife, even though it was the same child because we had a different relationship with her. Yeah. Um, and I've met so many people now that have gone through so many different, you know, losing children in different fashions, different ages. Uh, people have lost numerous children at different times or numerous at the same time. I and mean, I've met so many people through that Compassionate Friends organization, which I actually did. I got to do a couple of presentations that were actually dog related um, and how how our it was called. I forget what I even t- titled it at the time, like um, the role of pets in our grief um, is what I did a uh, presentation on. But I met so many people that. And everybody dealt with it different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I met couples that they're she, you know, the wife. Like he's he's lived in the basement ever since. I never see him. He goes out the back door, goes to work, comes home, sleeps on the couch in the basement, and, and that's how that person has to deal with it. Um, so I've it's been that was a super interesting um, time in my life to to see all that different. You know how people process. deal with and process stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, Darren, I want to dive into your mindset. You're you're a captain on this job you've been been a captain for eight years you're you're a leader of adult men on this job how do you with all the experiences the years of experience you have had how do you convey that and help mold your men not to necessarily understand what you've went through but to help them find that resolution that you've found or even one day if you have a floater and you may only have one day with a kid how do you how do you share those experiences with your crew with with the new people on the job to help un, help them understand the resolution and help them find resolution? Like um, for me, it's kind of an individual basis. Just you know, like we said with the floater, it's really it's hard. Um, I like to think of myself as a, a pretty good judge of character pretty quickly. I've been way wrong a couple of times. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> There's a couple that stick in my mind in particular, but we won't get into that. That's a whole other podcast. Um, but so I tried to. I'd individualize that for each person, you know, um, as far as dealing with job related stuff, it's more of, uh, you know, if we run something that I know is going to, you know, if it sticks with me, I know it's going to stick with them guys. So I always, you know, check on them, you know, tell them they did a great job. Everybody good, you know, just kind of do a, a quick overview of what happened. And then I always try to think, you know, a couple of shifts later, check on them again and make sure everybody's good. Um, but yeah, I always, and you see guys start to fall into that whole 
you know, drink a thing or whatever. And I'm like, hey, you all right? You know, just, um, and you know, everybody says that. You doing all right? Mm-hmm. And, but I'll get their attention. And like, I'm, I'm serious. Are you okay? You know, when not when anybody else is around so they don't feel that whole yeah, the pressure. pressure. Right. Um, and just kind of talk to them about it, you know, and uh, just tell them some of my experiences. Um, everybody's been super awesome about it. I've never had anybody, you know, shy away from it or anything. Um, but on, on that whole uh, doing something away from the guys where everybody, I've seen a huge change in that in my years on the fire service. So, you know, 23 years ago, it was, you know, the big boy club of just suck it up, buttercup, and you'll be fine. Yeah. And it's not that way as much. It's still, I mean, to a younger guy coming on, they may still feel that way, but it is way different. You never seen anything with EAP stuff in the station or, you know, local 42 care stuff or any, um, um, any of those outlets to, you know, peer counseling. None of that stuff was even talked about back then. It was just like, just, you're, you're just a big baby. If you have yeah. issues with it. Find another job. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. still hear and not as much now, but the generation right before me, they're always like, how do we teach these guys? We need to show them the nastiest, grossest videos in the academy. And so they see what I'm like, they're not experiencing. They're not smelling it. They're not, yeah, you, you it's know, totally different. Yeah. yeah. They're not, you're not smelling the smells of an alcohol involved car wreck with the, the alcohol and the, the car smells and that you, you guys know that smell. It's just, yeah, oh yeah. it's, it, or, or the, or the parents screaming as you're doing right. CPR on their child. Yes. Yeah. You know, we've, I know we've all run that call. And, Absolutely. And you can watch all the videos you want. It's still, that's not going to change that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not the same as right. the experience. So, I mean, I don't know what the answer is there other than guys just taking care of each other, you know? Yeah. And I am happy. I'm super happy to see that it's getting better. Um, I don't, I mean, obviously we're not there yet and I, I don't know if you ever fully get there, but, um, it's definitely gotten better. Yeah. Well, I think it's one of those things where, I mean, I think there are some things that we can do to maybe prepare them a little bit better as far as, you know, coping skills and making right. sure that they know about the outlets, you know, yeah. all of the, the programs that you mentioned and that yeah. there are even other programs beyond that. Yeah. And then, but I think the biggest thing and the thing that will further it and push it along even more is like you said, of us taking care of each other. Yeah. You know, if you have a guy on your crew or a girl on your crew, whatever, and you know that, hey, you just ran a baby in a bathtub, mm-hmm. you need to check on them. Yeah. Regardless of if, you know, you're a captain, a driver, firefighter, yep. whatever, you need to be checking on each other. Yeah. And it needs to be okay for somebody to say, yeah, man, I, I'm not doing well with that. Yeah. And not only maybe the first time they run it, but maybe the seventh or eighth. Yeah. Because it starts to yeah. compound. It just compounds. Yeah. yeah. It just. It, yeah, what, you, what, what do we call it? The stack effect? No, we called it the last time. Probably. We talked about it. Or we, I know yeah. you and I have talked about it. Yeah. Where it's not the, the one that's the two, three, five, yeah. 20. Yeah. Of those, the car wrecks. Yeah. Or the, the kids yeah. or whatever. I mean, well, what, I mean, I equate it with, you know, like kind of like TBI, concussion, brain injury mm-hmm. type things. It's all cumulative. Yeah. Like I the agree. first time that you get knocked out. It's easier the second time and the third time and yep. the fourth time. And yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. And and uh, I'm I'm kind of at the point in my career where you know I've, it's been a great job, great guys, but I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm done dealing with bodies. I'm done, even though the cadaver dog stuff that's a whole different. <laughs> which I know that sounds, yeah. but it's like a whole different because I'm not usually involved with when it happens. I'm just like, there it is. Yeah, you guys deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's a different, it's a totally different um, mindset for me, but. 
I just get to the point I'm like, oh, enough already. I'm just mm-hmm. tired of it, you know. When you get tired of the violence you see too. Yeah. Yep. I mean you you're still down there. I branch down down there. I work down there. Yeah. And you just get You lay in bed and hear gunshots at night. Yeah. And like, like man, you just I wait for a, the bells to go off. Like, oh yeah. they must have missed or they drove somebody to the hospital and dumped them out. Yeah. Or they <laughs> I mean you know? I remember they pulled up on the apron. Yeah. And it was seven, six, two rounds. And I was like, Oh, you know, because <laughs> first you look at the whole, oh, you're like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, pistol or whatever. Then you look at the windshield. You're like, nope, that's high-powered. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I, you're I the only medic night. there because you're both ambulances are out. Yeah. yeah. I had one night I was laying in bed, hear gunshots, and I was like, man, that is close, close, like right out the mm-hmm. window close. So I didn't want to set up because there's a window right there. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Stay behind the brick wall. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, they're done shooting. I'm going to look outside. So I look outside in time to see this guy standing in the street. He put a new clip in, or a new magazine in, and he's, he fired, he empties it into this apartment complex by the station. And I'm watching this guy standing in the street doing this, and I'm like, it's so surreal to see somebody. Typical with, Tuesday in our city. <laughs> right? And, well, and that's the thing, but I've never actually seen somebody doing it, and the disregard for anybody's life or anything, and then to run off and jump in a car and take off. I was just, yep. I stood there for a minute, like, I can't believe I just watched that happen. We, we saw it after dinner. We were looking south off, uh, well, the street we were on. Yeah. And you could, and it wasn't quite dark yet, but you could see all the muzzle flashes. Yeah. On both sides, back and forth. It's just, it's and like we're crazy. all outside. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm going to go back in and yeah. <laughs> take my boots with me, because, you know, you're yeah. going to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Darren, it's, it's an interesting point, and I want to elaborate on something further. How do you find, after everything you went through, especially with your daughter, how do you find patience again, especially for those that don't value human life? Because we are constantly called to clean up those situations. Yeah, Yeah. it's, you know, it's, uh, I think I've, I just know that there's certain groups in society that just don't. And no matter what happens, they're never going to value that. It's super frustrating for me. Even if, if I go to Walmart and I see a, a parent doing what happened to me, they have their kid by the arm and swatting them, I'm like, just, just hug them. You know, I don't know that's not going to fix it. That's going to make a spoiled kid, but, right? But I'm just like, if you, if you only knew. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. And, and I know that there's, there's people that there's no way to get that through. So I just have to, I just kind of eat that and which I know is probably not the healthiest either, but I know there's things I can't change. Yeah. And, uh, and seeing, and that, I think that's one of the things that has got me to the point where I'm at 23 years and I'm ready to be done. Um, it's just so much of that. I'm like, I want to go to my own little piece of land somewhere where I don't have to, <laughs> if I hear gunshots, it's cause somebody's shooting at a deer or I'm doing it, you know, um, that kind of stuff. So I, you know, I don't know if I really, I don't know if I've really developed that patience other than I just know there's nothing I can do about some of those people. You know, I do. I've always had the saying, I wish I could bottle up the feelings of grief I had right after I lost my daughter and just be able to miss it in somebody's face. Just so they don't have to fully experience it just for a minute, just so you can get it off of you. (laughs) Just experience this for five minutes and then now look at life different from this point forward. Uh, I just, you know, I've always said I wish there was a way you could do that. If you yeah. ever bottle a reality, Mister, I'd like it on that. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw in. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No. I mean, I, I think probably one of the most important things is you're sharing your story. Yeah, and so, like I said, I, I'll anybody that asks me, I share it. Yeah. Um, maybe you're looked at weird sometimes, or maybe people get uncomfortable, uh, especially with the stuff with my daughter. A lot of people get uncomfortable, um, which I get it. I mean, I understand. Nobody wants to think about that. 
but I'll share it with anybody just because I want people to know. I want people, not that I'm this person to look up to or whatever, but I want people to realize you can keep going and you can make a good life and you can be happy again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can tell you the first time that I laughed after my daughter passed, I caught myself laughing. I'm like, how can you be laughing? You just buried your two and a half year old. You can't laugh. You can't laugh ever again. And it, so it took me a while to figure out, no, you can be happy. I mean, those memories are still there and they always will be, but you can be happy again. You can have fun and you can go out and have a good time and you can laugh and you can joke around and all those things. Um, but it took me a while to, to, to figure that out. Yeah. So well, that's, I mean, it's very true. Recovery is possible yeah. and people are, can be very resilient. Yes. And I mean, as long as you put the work in, yep, you can make it through. Yeah. Yeah. So. Something I know, especially after, you know, losing a mom as a child, it was obviously when I was old enough to probably understand it. You always hear the term celebration of life instead of funeral. Funeral right. sounds so boring, yeah. but it truly is. Yeah. It's just like your memories with your daughter. Every time you think about them, they're a celebration of her life. Mm-hmm. All the fun, like all the fun memories. It's oh, yeah. a celebration of them. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I talk about them every day. I get, I, I probably tell my girlfriend at least one or two stories a day about her, something fun we did or something. Cause something will spark a memory and I'll tell her and she's, awesome about it and we've watched her videos and you know all that kind of stuff and uh yeah i mean it's it's and it makes me happy to talk about her and tell stories about her so but it used to make me sad you know when i think about those because i'm like oh i'm not going to experience these things again and there's still things that do um one of her good friends from her daycare you know i'm friends with her mom on facebook and actually today seen a picture of her um seen your picture of her and stuff you know they're yeah and i'm like uh, uh, you know, cause I still think of my daughter's two and a half, you know, yeah. and this girl, I remember her from daycare. Now she's all, she's grown up, you know? So I still think about like when the buses start running at the beginning of the school year, I think about it. I'm like, oh, I should be put my kid on the bus. Um, and you start hearing about prom stuff and you go to a young couple's wedding and I'm like, those things I'm not going to experience. Cause she's my only child. I'm like, that's the stuff I'm not going to experience. Um, I mean, that really sucks. But I also, in that two and a half years, had the, and maybe everybody does with their child, I, I don't have anything to compare to but this one, but I had the most amazing experience with that kid. Just everything we did, she was so happy and full of life and so fun. And uh, she taught me so much for a two and a half year old. Um, so I just have to look back and think, you know, I was lucky to have her for two and a half years because she, it was incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's she, probably, I think, the best way to look at it. Yeah. And I think that's the only way you can. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's otherwise you're going to be in that miserable, can't function state forever. Yeah. You know, so. Wow. I'm still thinking so, about the kid thing. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was, that's, so, that's, the, that's the tough one for me and the, the whole story. That's the hardest part. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I don't mean to discount anything else that's happened. No, I, I, I get it. And, and that. And that's been the, uh, you know, that was the kind of thing that kicked off everything. And that's everything else that I've done in my life compares back to that, you know. Yeah. And I think that's why, like people that, you know, I said people that have cancer, it's, it's a huge thing. Don't, I'm, don't think I'm putting it down. But to them, that, that's, that's their end-all be-all. Well, for me, it was like, that's nothing. Yeah. You know, and it, <laughs> I know that sounds well, horrible, but. Yeah. It's, it's interesting here you say this because. Chris and I, especially as medics, like so many times what we don't want to do is be out here at three in the morning for your toe pain. Yep. That's not an emergency to us. Yeah. 
We know because we see emergencies. Yeah. It's even more real for you because you've lived it. Yeah. It's not just, you know, you're not, it's not referred grief that you've had for others. It's yours. Yeah. And that's what's even more fascinating is that you've moved on. Like, it's not just you've moved past the patience of what we have to deal with and the patience of having to deal with it yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's absolutely fascinating. To me. Yeah. It is. It's like you said, it's, it's hard for me and I really try to do it. And, and I know we run those people that the same people over and over and over, <laughs> you know, that's just like, why well, are you know, we here? Right. <laughs> yeah. But other people that are having that bad day, it's, it took, like I said, it took me a while. All this stuff's taking me a while. I mean, nothing happened overnight. Um, there's not, a, there's not a pill for it. You can take it. <laughs> right. I wish <laughs> if we can figure that out yeah. <laughs> in the spray, yeah. we're going to be going Buy a pill, get a mister for free. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go around in late night deals for people like us that are up all night. Um, uh, but it's, it took me a long time to realize that this, that is this person's losing a child at the moment, you know, for mm -hmm. them, that's their thing. That is the worst experience they can imagine. And that took me a long time to realize because I'm like, I know your dog died. I'm, I'm a huge dog person, but don't, don't tell me that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? And well, you know, like we talked about, it's perspective. Right. And, you know. and, but I have, and I've learned to realize, okay, for them, that is yeah. losing their child. Yeah. Or, you know, even if it's totaling their car and breaking their leg, that for them, that's in yeah. their world, that's the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. And, and uh, that's been the biggest thing for me to not get frustrated and irritated and pissed off at those people is realize it. And sometimes it's hard. I kind of roll my eyes to myself like, okay, yeah, you, you broke your foot. You're going to be fine. Yeah. But I just have to think, all right, for them, that's the worst thing ever. Yeah. I had well, to, and it's, a, sorry. <laughs> I just, no, I just want to say that, I mean, for you to get to that place and be able to process that, and be able to look at it from that perspective, I think it's probably one of the healthiest things that I've heard, you know, as far as recovery. Well, and, and I think, you know. I think part of that for me was when I was doing the compassionate friend stuff, I said, I heard people that some of the saddest, craziest, bizarre stories of how people lost kids in numerous kids. And I just think, man, how can I be sad when they're dealing with that? You know, when somebody that may had a direct cause of losing their child i'm like i can't imagine you know i had my own enough guilt of my own i can't imagine them with that so i think that put it into perspective to me that it, it can't always be worse you know it can't always be worse yeah that's so. a that's a phrase that we get that gets thrown around a lot but i don't think people really truly until you understand. lived it until you yeah. lived it it can always be worse and, and as bad as losing my daughter is meeting somebody that lost two kids at the same time to me that's worse yeah. You know, it, it's all on that scale of, you know, of what's worse to somebody, their worst day compared to somebody else's worst day. So yeah. I think those, I, I think I've been very lucky in the fact to have the experiences since that, that have taught me those things. Yeah. So that's amazing. You're a stronger man than I. Nah, I, you know, I, that's what some of the things I hear is you're stronger than me. I also hear God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Uh, you, you hear, oh, that would kill me. And I've learned to just kind of blow them off. But when I hear somebody say, oh, I, I can never lose a child, that would kill me. I'm like, and how I used to process that is, so you're telling me that I didn't care about my kid enough because I lived. And you're saying you wouldn't. 
Yeah. It took me a while to realize, okay, they're saying that because they don't know, you know. And I'm like, yeah. you just live, you just do it, you know. Yeah. You just. I woke up the next day, and I woke up the next day, and I woke up the next day, and you know. Yeah. Um, but it's that was that's been an interesting, and it's just society what society says. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always we don't know what to say, right? And they yeah. want to compare it. Actually, um, some people that I met that are good friends of mine. Uh, told me at their at their son's funeral that somebody told them and you know you line up and the whole yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Somebody told them during that. Well, I lost my dog a couple of weeks ago. I know how you feel. <laughs> and I'm like, how did you not punch them? And he was like, yeah. it didn't even register with me till later what they even said. But you know that person, they didn't know what to say. To them, that's that's their comparison to the grief that you're feeling. That's the closest thing I have. Should they have said it? No. Was it dumb? Yes. Yeah. But at the time, that's the biggest grief comparison they had. Yeah. When um, you're uncomfortable on that side, on both sides, you're uncomfortable. Yeah, it's that's the, the most bizarre thing to me. That I, I never yeah, like the doing the line thing. Yeah, what, yeah, what do you yeah. say? You know, because yeah. usually there's somebody standing up there that you don't know. Then you have to introduce yourself. I'm so and so, so and so, and they're like, okay, yeah. and you know, it's just it's such a bizarre. <laughs> Man, I'm, still, I'm still sorry for the loss. It doesn't change whether I know you or not. Right. But yeah. now I got to meet you. And yeah. yeah I, I, have have I mean, how many funerals have we I all been to, to? I had to do it as a 10-year-old kid for my mom. And that attention span lasted approximately 17 seconds. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sure there's all these adults. Yeah. You have yeah. no idea yeah. who they are coming through. <laughs> like, oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm like, oh, what? The, yeah. the hell are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, when I died, no, no line. Just give me the old Joe Diffie thing. <laughs> oh no when i die i want i want it to last all day i want as many people to be uncomfortable as possible <laughs> i want like the all day long big old receiving line we're gonna make an event out of this and everybody's gonna be miserable i, I want to like i've always said i wanted like a rager just like yeah. beer barbecue fireworks so, like, make sure i'm there yeah, yeah. So, no like yeah so in the future we all got out live moran now because we all hear <laughs> you know we all hear like oh man you remember so-and-so's wedding we were yeah man you remember moran's funeral that's right. what i want that's yeah. what i desperately want <laughs> see my mom's like that she wants the keg and she wants uh spirit of the sky plan on repeat nice and i'm like no you can't I, I won't let her have that song we're fighting right now yeah. <laughs> like, you can't ruin that song for me right i love that song <laughs> you know <laughs> The beer thing I'm cool with. I'll have a couple of kegs or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. You know, put a beer in her hand and whatever. Yeah. But oh, my God. You got to have fun with them. That's well, the thing. I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like you said, it's those are so uncomfortable, those oh, receiving yeah. lines. Yeah. And you never know what to say. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the – probably Man. for me personally, that's like one of the biggest – I just hate it. I avoid funerals at all costs. Oh, I do now. And, yeah. I usually stay in the back, and I was like – yeah, I'm good. I'll, I'll talk to that person that I know later. Yeah, but I'm just gonna yeah. skip the yeah. line and. Yeah, I I mean I still go, um, you know, depending on who it is, but I try to avoid him because yeah. that puts me back in that place, you know, remembering all that stuff, mm-hmm. and that that's kind of hard to shake. But uh, so I'll pay my respects to the, you know the people in the, in the way I can. But yeah, that's I avoid those two. Yeah. I mean, nobody, likes, a, nobody likes it, but no. Yeah, but we all have a different way of paying our respects to that. Right person that we knew, yeah, yeah, or no, or you know, yeah, yeah. So, what's your uh, dog company called? Um, it's ju- I'm just getting it off the ground. It's called Storm Canine Solutions. Um, got a you know Facebook page, Instagram, um, and it's like I said, it's I'm just getting going with it. Um, the main thing I'm doing right now is uh, doing seminars um, for search and rescue. Uh, I've had a couple pet dog. Um, people reach out so I've been working with them 
Um, I'm in kind of in the process of working with some stuff with uh, Mike Ritland, hoping to get um, involved in his team dog stuff. Um, he has an awesome online training thing called uh, Team Dog Pet, and he's convert you know working on getting that going as far as you know having trainers work with dogs and stuff. So I'm work with them. Hopefully, going to get in with them and uh, do some stuff too. Um, it's just it's, it's a huge passion of mine. Just like I said, it's been the best outlet for me. I mean, I know not everybody's a dog person, but uh, for me, it's been incredible. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Are, are you looking to get new dogs? Because I know somebody who's got puppies. Yeah, I don't even know what puppies <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I was try, trying to help him out. He's not paying attention. Uh, He's taking a nap over there. I, uh, I can't wait until all these people are like, oh, my God, they're so cute. I'm going to just like live stream once they get to that four-week mark when their eyes and their ears are open and they just love the sound of themselves i'm like hey who wants to come over <laughs> right. come on yeah. over yeah. you get the 2 a.m to 4 a.m yeah. shift let's go yeah <laughs> oh yeah everybody sees you know everybody wants the shepherds and the malinois because they see them on tv and they're like that's a cool dog well I'm how many one. You know? I, I love german <laughs> yeah. shepherds but i love in the belgium Malinois. i love those dogs I just know it's not a good fit for me. Right. I'm a fat, lazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> it would make you not that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Man, maybe I lose five or ten pounds. That's an interesting topic that you bring that up, too, because I think so many people are like, oh, I want a German Shepherd or a Malinois because they look cool. I can get an emotional sport dog. They are not emotional sport dogs. No. They are not therapy dogs. No. They are working dogs. Yes. And yeah. that's, to me, personally, that's a nomenclature yeah. that needs to be broken yeah. now. <laughs> well, you know, for me, they are emotional support, but in a totally different way. Yeah. They're not the... I have one, my retired one, she, she'll lay on the couch and stuff, but um, they're not the lay on the couch, cuddle with you kind of support dog that no. people think of. They're, yeah. If no. you don't have something for them to do, they're going to find something to do. And, and you're not going to like what they yeah. find to do. Right. Usually yeah. it's two, three square feet of carpet out of the yeah. bedroom. Yep, yeah. in there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're amazing. I mean, they will do amazing things. I mean, uh, I watch my dog do amazing things all the time. And, uh, but yeah, they're, but I, I know several people have been contacted by people like, Oh, I got a Malinois. I seen the movie max or I seen the Navy SEALs use them. And that's, I want one. They're mm-hmm. this cool dog. I'm like, well, in uh, six months from now, when you have to rehome it, let me know. We'll see what we can figure out. Yeah. <laughs> so. So this could be more of a retirement dog for me when I move to the country yeah. and we can go do things. Yeah. I'll have to get up and go to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll give yeah. me something to do. Yeah. Yeah. They'll make you, they'll make you get out and do stuff. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah. Eight more years. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to make. <laughs> yeah. It's eight and a half. Don't get cocky. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy that last half. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all it's right. been uh, it's been been great for me, and I I don't I mean I don't see I don't see an end to the dog stuff anytime soon. Actually, Good. like I said, I'm working on expanding, doing the business stuff and some seminars, and so That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah, love. I love helping people learn that stuff and watching their dog, watching it click with them and their dog when it's like really starting to kind of hit the stride of, oh, I see what you're doing. And for the dog, they have no idea. The, you know, my dog has yeah. no idea she's going out to find a body. For her, it's just a big game. When I find that, I get my toy. We're going to tug. We're going to have a big party. It's going to be the best thing ever. She has no idea the weight of it, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so for her it's just a big game and she comes out of i thought about bringing her but i'm like there's no way you know I'm like, there's no she'll just be all over the yeah. place um but yeah they have no idea she comes out of the vehicle ready to work i mean it's just that's what they're geared to do and she's like yeah. i want to go do something fun and 
I worked with one of the ATF canines that back a few years ago when we had that shooter down off the highway down south at, I don't know, nine, ten vehicles that got hit. Uh-huh. Yeah. I worked at that ATF lab. It was a beautiful Belgian lab, or uh, Czech lab. And <laughs> it was just fun watching that dog. It's like, look, I'm finding bullets to find a mass shooter. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, and there's them, my toy. Like, hey, look, I found, I found the showcasing. <laughs> you know, it's like the same with Storm. She'd be like, oh, I found a leg. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> you know, and, and it's a whole weird. I kind of feel bad for laughing now. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. a whole, it, it's, it's all right. perspective. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. I mean, like, but. Dog's perspective, even more no, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. You know, from the dog, like I said, it's a big game for them. They don't realize they just found something that connects, you know, this person to that person who's going to go to prison the rest of their life for killing somebody. You know, the dog has no idea. Yeah. For me, it's amazing. I'm like, oh, that's awesome what she just did. But for her, it's like, oh, I got my tug. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is cool. <laughs> yeah. But, it's uh, the simple things in life. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. wish it had that mind. Yeah. Um, what better to – I mean, you know, you say that, though. What better to learn about just reevaluating the simple things yeah. than from a dog? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it's, it is, and it's – like I said, for me, it's just such an outlet and watching their mind, you know, start shaping into learning this noise means this is going to happen. You know, they, they don't understand sit or down or whatever. It's just a noise to them. This noise means this is going to happen, which means this good's going to happen. And it's, you know, now I'm going to get my toy. And it's, it's fun to watch that all start clicking. And then the handlers is the same way because most, most people don't understand that side of it. And to watch them start learning that too with, with their dog in a seminar, is, it's so fun to me to watch and then i mean i want to make good dogs and handlers to go out there and, and search and do, yeah. do good but i am going to disagree with you though because my pit bulls they understand english <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom my mom would lose a paycheck because she's like i can tell storm which is my work i can tell storm okay when you go outside if you come back in when i call you i'll give you a treat she and she my mom swears she swears that dog and i'm like mom she hears outside she hears street yeah <laughs> those are the rest of that's all <laughs> she does it but yeah. that's what she's hearing oh, yeah. <laughs> so i don't know i think i got i got that border collie upstairs and he's i'm pretty sure he speaks english he knows <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm telling you. Except the word "stop," he doesn't understand. Right. Yeah, he doesn't understand. Don't bark. Be quiet. Right. None of that. He no. He he understands. He chooses to ignore it because he wants to get his way. Uh, he never grew out of the toddler stage, even though he's almost 13. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing with a Malamon. They like mine's five, and you think that she's two. I mean, they just yeah. don't. Yeah, they mature, but they don't get that calm adult dog. That's that's how my yeah. shepherds are. They do amazing things, and then they regress. And I'm like, "Why did you learn to do that dumb thing?" Yeah, they're like, just like Malamar shepherds. All those that are that high drive working, they're the smartest, dumbest dog you'll ever. <laughs> it's I mean, yeah, they're it, yeah. But yeah. well, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely, man. man. Anytime, guys. Yeah, definitely well, appreciate it. I want to learn more about the dog thing. To be honest with you. Yeah, that's really interesting. Anytime, and then some, we can get together sometimes when I'm training, and you guys can check it out. It's yeah, it's I'd, love to, I'd love to come see it. Absolutely, learn yeah. something about dogs because I'm dog stupid. <laughs> My wife trained the dog; I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime. I I train her all the time. Uh, my my search team we get together and train uh, a couple times a month at least, uh, yeah. if not a lot more. And uh, actually, it, we trained out the, the academy a bunch, the rescue shop, because uh, we do some small disaster stuff too. Um, so yeah, we're, we're always doing something actually the, for the four days after, um, the Avenue fire with John Larry, I had my dog that's retired now. I was there for the next four days when they came in and was doing the investigation because they thought some homeless people were in there. Mm-hmm. turned out there wasn't, but, um, I spent four days there with my other dog searching, you know, they'd 
they'd come in and do their you know, take off a layer of debris and then we would search it so even though you knew you were there and you knew john and larry mm-hmm. and being there for that four days with your dog yeah do you think that helped you in your recovery because it's still your I think it did. At first, it was pretty heavy at first because you just sat there staring at that spot where those guys died at. Yeah. Um, but also, I knew – I also got to see the entire investigation that the, the ATF did. Incredible. I mean, the care I, and time and effort those guys and girls put in, it floored me. It was amazing. I, I don't get how they do it. Yeah. They look at it looks like a burnt pile of rubble, and they're like, oh, yeah, started here, went there, did this, did that, yeah, did that, I mean, and who did it. And I'm like, I mean, they had a, that crew was there set up. They had people – I mean – it was amazing. I mean, they went through brick by brick, laying stuff out. They would get a layer of stuff out in the street. They'd have a person go through and look, see if there's anything that was weird about it. If there was, they would tag it, pull it out, scoop the rest off. When they'd get a layer, kind of a layer done, they'd be like, I can't bring the dog in. We'd go in and search, um, come back out. They would keep going. I mean, it was just, but the, I mean, you could tell they were passionate about finding out what happened. And whenever the, uh, I think it was Larry's, when his funeral procession came through, they came, they didn't come down the avenue, but they came close. Um, and when they were in the area, they had everybody stop. They all, the ATF people, everybody that was there lined up in the street, took their helmets off and stood there in silence till they were gone. And to me, that just made, I mean, it just, I was just like, that's cool. That's cool shit. I mean, those people really care about what they're doing. And, uh, yeah, it was really, it was really interesting and cool to see and to be a part of. That's so, awesome. Yeah, one of my favorite pictures I have, if you look at my Instagram, whatever, I've got, it's mostly dogs. Uh, but one of my favorite pictures of that dog that's, that I have that's retired now is at that. She's standing way out on a burnt piece of two by six at that scene. It's, um, but yeah, it, it was, uh, that was really cool to see that it was, it meant something to everybody else too. You know? Yeah. But, um, All right. yeah, I didn't know about that uh, procession. Yeah, them. yeah. I, remember yeah, I always try to tell guys that. Not that it matters, but just that, hey, well, everybody cared, you know. I and mean, it was yeah. like, yeah, I mean, it was the guy in charge, and he was, I don't know who was he had contact with, but like I said, when it got close, and I, I was watching on my phone, watching, you know, the live feed. And, uh, yeah, when they got close, he was like, okay, everybody line up. And it was, like I said, and we did too. I lined up with my dog, and we were standing out in the street. Um, everybody took their helmets off, and it was, I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. All the machines stopped. Everything stopped and until uh, they were out of the area. And you're like, okay, back to work. So it was really cool. That's all. Like I said, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely, man. man. I, I enjoyed it. Love awesome. telling my story. Um, not for recognition as much as just I want, I want people to realize that there's, you know, you can keep going. You yeah. Know? Yeah, so. and, and that's a huge thing is yeah. that there is, you know, there's life beyond. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yep. absolutely. All right. So, with that, you know, if you are struggling or you know somebody who's struggling, reach out, say something, um, take care of yourself, and we'll see you next time.